You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Well, good morning, Redemption City Church. Here we are. This is, uh, we're trying a little bit of a different format uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to have a conversation around the prophetic with Andrew Godfrey. Uh, we both serve on eldership here, as you know. Um, but if you come into this and you're not part of Redemption City, just so that there is a context, we both serve on the eldership at Redemption City Church. Andrew and I have, uh, have got a long history. A very long history. <laughs> kind of, I guess it's getting towards 30 years, hey? Isn't it? That it is, man. And... Um, I thought uh, I, I was reminded of something as as we were preparing for this uh, for this talk. You know, about twenty years ago, I guess, or close to twenty years ago, you relocated from South Africa to the church that we were leading in Los Angeles um, to come and to come and help us there lead worship and all of that. And I guess in in reality, that's where this conversation started because I can remember a conversation that that we were having about the prophetic, and you asked me this question, TK. Exactly how many books on the prophetic have you read? <laughs> and can you remember my answer? I think it was zero. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly zero. And uh, uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint you to tell you that that number hasn't, really, hasn't really changed. And so, <laughs> uh, so, this is a <laughs> so this is a great, uh, kind of like a great intro for us, just in a sense to bring people into the, into the context that <laughs> that you lean prophetically, and I, I have a great appreciation for the prophetic. I don't see it as, as one of my giftings, and so I haven't really p- pursued it in a sense. Um, so anyway, so here we go. Hey? So this, is the, this is the recorded part of a 30-year conversation <laughs> around the prophetic. <laughs> but um, I just think in our context, Andrew, and, and we, we've, we've run out of words to describe the, the season that that we live in, you know, but uh, I think unprecedented, turbulent times. I honestly, I believe in a season like this, uh, it really does require us to have our ear attuned towards heaven. And so, could you talk into that a little bit? Just talk into what that looks like—the role of the prophetic in in turbulent times, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly, you know, before before I dive into detail, I mean, let me just say, you know, it certainly is a privilege, you know, to be. To be, uh, you know, the, the longevity of relationship is just yeah. is an absolute, oh, absolute privilege, yeah. and I think, I think the privilege of team is that we get to play to strengths, you know, yeah. um, and so, uh, you know, I think Terry, you've always carried more of like an apostolic slash evangelistic heart, and uh, plenty of those books on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and so the opportunity to function in team is 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 the privilege of playing to strengths, and so. Yeah, these are, I mean, these really are unprecedented times for us, certainly in terms of our experience over the last 30 years. And um, absolutely, I think the, the prophetic plays a key part. I think, I think one of my comments right from the start is that, you know, when you, when you look at the plans and purposes of God, they have not changed. Mm. You know, I mean, God is still about the same thing. He hasn't changed his mind and is now doing a new thing. Mm. It's more like, He's still on the same track. And when, when you think about the nature and character of God, God is absolutely internally consistent. In other words, he doesn't, 
change from one day to the next. One day he's doing this, and the next day he's changed his mind and he's doing something yeah, else. Absolutely. I mean, the plans and purposes of God in history are unchanged. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think many times when turbulent times come, it's much more a kind of a call to attention. It's like, it's, it's a wake up call to the body to say, mm. hey, maybe we've drifted, mm. you know, and God's trying to kind of catch our attention again. And yeah. so when you're talking about the prophetic in these times, it's really saying it, it is a call, you know, under God to get back to Him, to get back to His Word, to yeah. dig deep from a prayer and meditation perspective and say, God, speak to us afresh. Because yeah. it's almost like we get settled into a certain status quo. Mm. We get used to doing things mm. in a certain way. And eventually almost the status quo starts to dictate the way we behave. Yeah, yeah. very good. And, and the wake up point is like God saying, hold on a moment, you know, things need to shift again. I need to, I need to in a sense, provoke something of a crisis in order for you to turn back to me, come back with fresh ears, you know, fresh heart, fresh mindsets, and, and ask God really to, to shift our thinking again, you know, to yeah. come back to, uh, to come back to the word. And, yeah. uh, and so it's really, it's, it's really pivotal, you know, in this season, because, because I think what happens in these times is that there's so many voices clamoring for it, for attention. You know? yeah. And it's like, let's come back to God, let's come back to him come back to that kind of individual responsibility of every believer to come back to God and to hear exactly what he's saying to us in this season. Um, His plans, his long terms of plans have not changed. And and to be honest, the substance of those plans are still apostolic in nature. He is bringing his kingdom. The Father promised Jesus, I will give you the nations. And and the mandate on us to preach the gospel to all nations has not changed. Absolutely. And so sometimes it's just a reset in terms of waking us up to the plans and purposes of God, waking us up to just a fresh, uh, you know, a flesh clarity around the things that He's calling us to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, excellent. So I think I think when it comes to that apostolic mandate, you know, I mean, I think that's a heart that you've carried for mm-hmm. a long time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how how would you? summarize that apostolic heart you know what i mean for for us as a local body what what does that look like yeah, yeah i think uh, i think for me it's twofold you know it's it's the foundation of the word okay you know it's those apostolic foundations when you when you look at the stuff that the that the early apostles preached and that's something that i've i've tried to dig into a little bit even around the gospel you know what was the what was the gospel the early apostles preached because sometimes it seems like the preaching that we see of the gospel today is radically different and and i guess that's part of that that word you know that apostolic word is back to the root you know it's like back to the foundations and so and so i very much i think there's there is that twofold you know there's that there's that back to the foundations back to the basics but also that that apostolic thrust that says, hey, this is not just a message for us. This is not just a message for Redemption City Church or for Westminster or even Westminster, Broomfield, Brighton, whatever that is. It does include the nations of the world, you know what I mean? And and I guess for you and I, stepping into this thing like kind of 30 years ago, certainly for me, that was part of the huge excitement of this thing was totally. like, gee, this isn't like small and introspective and we're just building local church. This is creating an opportunity for us to get involved in 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 the kingdom of God and this apostolic expansion that will take the gospel to places that have never heard it. And and as we as we shared our story, our 30-year history, 
we both lived in South Africa at the time, two different cities, two different churches, but where we met was on an apostolic trip in Hong Kong. Totally. Going to Hong Kong to plant a church, that was the start of our, of, or, or certainly where we met each other and the, and the start of, of our relationship, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is intriguing because it's that, it, it's that apostolic heart that actually puts bounds, yeah. the correct bounds on prophetic ministry. Yes. Right? Why it needs to be based on an apostolic foundation is that without that sending, going kind of foundation, the prophetic turns inwards and it, it kind of becomes obsessed around, you know, healing, you know, personal healing. It becomes obsessed on, on like, how do I be happy? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, it almost turns to, to picking the fluff out of everyone's, each other's belly buttons. Exactly. You know and you lose that kind of outward focus, that outward momentum. Exactly. And I think, I think for, for many people, certainly I think in this context, most people have, have experienced the prophetic more in a pastoral context, you know, yeah. in, a, in a gathering context, you yeah. know, the heart of the shepherd together, rather than in the sending context. Yes. And, and so in many ways, I feel like the, the prophetic functions a little bit like we function individually, you know, when we get obsessed with ourselves and our thinking starts to turn inwards, uh, it's a dark road. Yep. It takes us to dark places. You know, yep. you know. I in many ways, depression is is that thing of like thinking turned inwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same for local churches. Local churches they get turned inwards. It it becomes this almost incestuous place. Yeah. Know? And so the prophetic mandate, when it's tied to the apostolic, actually keeps us on this outward focused track. Yeah. You know what I mean? keeps us on the prophetic f on the kind of prophetic front foot if you yeah. want to put it like that yeah. and uh and so it's, it's interesting because you know the bible actually makes it clear you know first corinthians twelve twenty eight. it makes it clear that it is first apostle second prophet you know mm. it's 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 that apostolic gift that is first in in importance in priority you know, i mean first in order in a sense yeah. And so there's this little cameo out of Acts that's always intrigued me, you know, Acts, Acts 21 verse 10, and it's Paul when he has this encounter with this prophet Agabus, right? And Agabus prophesies over Paul and he says, uh, he takes Paul's belt and he wraps Paul's belt yeah. around him, ties his hands and his feet, and he says, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, is the, in this way the Jews of Jerusalem will, will bind the owner of this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. Mm. And then the guys with him at the time said this, was said, when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul, like, don't go to Jerusalem. You know yeah. what I mean? Paul answers, and it's, and it's with this apostolic heart, right, that he answers. He says, says, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? He says, I'm ready to go. He says, I'm ready to be bound. You know? yeah. I'm ready to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, and yeah. it's like, and, and eventually it says when he would not be dissuaded, they give up. You know? yeah. And so it's intriguing when you look at that cameo. I, I, it took me a long time to wrap my head around that cameo because it's like, it just doesn't make sense. You've got the prophetic word coming, like, Paul, you're going to be bound. You know, you're mm. going to die. And he's like, whatever, I'm still going to go. Mm. And when you understand that, actually, if that was in a pastoral context, absolutely, Paul would have stuck around. A hundred percent. You know, safety. Yeah, of yeah. course I'm going to stay. I'm going to preserve yeah. my life. Going to stay safe. You know, I mean, but when you understand this kind of primary apostolic mandate, you realize the apostolic mandate wins out. You know, yeah. even over prophetic insight. And and it seems from the story that that prophetic insight came with some real, some weight, intensity. Yeah, right? some weight. I mean, they're yeah. begging and pleading and weeping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet Paul's just like, no, 
apostolic mandate wins out. You know? yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to press forward. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's that it's that heart that, in a sense, adds the the constraints on a prophetic ministry. You know. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah. It's 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 a challenge because I think what most people have seen in many ways is like the primacy of the prophetic. Yep. Where the prophetic wins out over the apostolic. Yeah. Especially in a kind of more pastoral household. You know. Absolutely. And and you've said it many times. You know, I don't think God has called us to be safe. Yep. You know I mean, he's called us to preach the gospel. Absolutely. You know, I don't know what I don't know if you have any comments about about you know. It feels like even in this context right now, safety is like the primary concern. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've become a little bit famous or infamous for saying safety third. You know, <laughs> because I think safety I think safety first is a is a fallacy. I honestly do. I think it's an absolute falsehood. It's a it's a dream. If it's safety first, we never get in a car to drive anywhere. Yeah. We never get in an airplane to fly anywhere. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, safety is important, but it's not of primary importance. It's not safety first. And I think for me, that's that again leans into that pastoral model. You know, where we're going to do what is safe, what is predictable, because we don't offend anybody. Not just offend. And maybe I'm maybe I'm using the wrong word. We don't offend anybody, but maybe it's like. Look, we don't want to unsettle anybody. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And yet that apostolic prophetic model, the, the apostolic working in partnership with a prophetic, is just always forward-facing, forward-thrusting. It, it always has the purposes and the plans of God as its, as its primary function, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I guess it is, it is exactly that, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, look, we, we're not... We're not Deliberately trying to hurt people, offend people, you know, unsettle people. We we not. That is a concern. It just in an apostolic prophetic model, it cannot be the primary concern. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. in an apostolic primary, in an apostolic prophetic model, the primary concern is, are we pleasing God? Yeah. And I love that text. I, I've got a big banner that that we made in the church. We passed it in South Africa, um, and it's Second Corinthians five nine. We make it our goal to please Him. Yeah. We make it our goal to please Him. And that for me is the very heart of that apostolic prophetic thrust is we are about pleasing the Lord. Yeah. You know, wow. and, I, and I think again, something that God spoke to me in the early days of my ministry was out of that, out of the context with Moses, you know, where, where the scripture says, Moses, a servant of the Lord. And I think again, that pastoral model kicks pastors into saying, okay, I'll serve people. You know, that, just that little cameo is the word that you've used, that little cameo, Moses, a servant of the Lord, makes it very clear for me that the Lord is my master. I'm his servant. What does my master ask me to do? Serve people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, it is absolutely very clear that the Lord is my master, not people. Yeah. And so I have to please him. And that, as we've said again and again, Old Testament to New Testament, that thrust of getting the gospel out is is absolutely there and clear and it's almost like those things like once you see it you can't unsee it you know what i mean yeah. it's like once you see it once it's gripped you you know yeah then 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 that's that's the deal you know what i mean and so that yeah. i guess the key leadership is bringing people into that all the time you know what i'm saying just br just bringing people in and bringing people along yeah not like we go in and people are well, what about me you know what I mean? It's like, totally. we go in. Actually, we want you in this thing with us. You know what I mean? Jump on. There's room for everybody, you know? Yeah. 
you know, it's interesting, like in the, in the business arena, it's quite interesting, you know, for, for an incoming CEO, you know, when they, when they switch CEOs in the company, his job really can be summarized in one statement, and, that, and that's to provoke a crisis. Huh. The only way to bring change yeah. you know, is to provoke a crisis, you know, yeah. and that crisis kind of works its way through the ranks of that business, and that business actually shifts because of the crisis. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it, it, it feels like with, within this season, you know what I mean, for, for us as a body, for the church at large, you know, in the, in the context of this apostolic mandate, you almost wonder that, that there's something of that in the season where God himself provokes the crisis mm. so that we will change, yes. so that we will go back to him yeah. and hear him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so many times it's not even about the the primary thrust of it, you know what I mean? The primary thrust of his call, more often than not, it's it's more about the how, you know what I mean? Yeah. We get stuck in certain methods, we get stuck in Absolutely. certain ways of doing Absolutely. things, and we just get so used to it, and, and, and in essence, we, we start to lose the, the, the core, the intensity of that, that foundation, you know what yeah. I mean? And so there's no doubt that in this season, part of, I think, what God is asking of us as a local body but every single one of us is to get back to God and to say, God, speak to me clearly afresh, yeah. not just in the what, but also the how. Absolutely. Right? And I think, uh, I think you know, carrying, carrying some heart for the prophetic, you know, I'm absolutely convinced. When you look at 1 Corinthians 12, it says, if, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, how yeah. do <coughs> people get ready for battle? Absolutely. You know? And I think for us as, a, as an apostolic prophetic people, there is this intensity in this season to get with God and to hear what He's saying, yeah. to make sure that we are hearing a clear call so that we can get ready for battle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, but what are your what are your thoughts in terms of just like practical takeaways, in terms of of the prophetic in this season? You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, interesting question, Andrew. In terms of the the practicality, what that looks like in a local church. You know, I think. For us, certainly, I mean, we want to we want to guard the prophetic gift. We want to stir the prophetic gift. We want to encourage the prophetic gift. But that also doesn't mean that we can take an anything goes attitude towards the prophetic gift. And I think that's um, picking back up on 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 one of your comments. You know that there has to be banks. There has to be the the apostolic rails for the prophetic gift to to run on. You know, and so. Um, I mean, I guess practically it is, for me, it is encouraging. Um, I would like to see, in general, the weight of the prophetic gift increase a little bit, you know, and um, because, I think, because I think, again, in the context of an apostolic prophetic model, and again, just to pick up on something you touched on, but this is not so much about prophesying over the individual or, or inner healing or whatever that is, you know, that, that inward thing. We're looking for what is the thrust, what is God saying, what is God doing? You know what I mean, and and I would love to see more of those kind of words come through. And certainly, if you have any of those kind of words, send them to us. I mean, again, from Scripture, the 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 elders are the highest human authority in the life of the church, and so send those things through to the elders. Because honestly, when we have a prophetic word or a prophetic moment, even in our elders' meetings, there's there's a deep weight that we put on that in terms of in terms of weighing it against Scripture, against what we feel like God is leading us to, praying that through and, and kind of 
coming up with some kind of a thing to say, yes, this is what we believe God's doing. This is what we believe God's saying. Let's run down those those tracks, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this we, we could, I, I do think this is going to need more than one conversation. Um, I brought four questions to ask you, and so far we've answered one. So, sure. so I guess we're going to be doing a part two and a part three of this conversation. Um, but certainly, man, I, I think the, the I think the practicality of this thing is is we we desperately we back to where we started in these turbulent times. We want to hear yeah. the word of God. Yeah. We want to hear what God's saying. We want to hear the heart of God, and we want to pick up on all of those things. And um, so, absolutely, man, we want to stir it, but we also want to guard it. Yeah, and we want to we want to promote it. We want to grow it. Yeah, we want to grow it, and we want to mature it. Yeah, you know, so. As, as with any gifting, yeah, you know? I mean, there's no doubt that, that there's a reason why Ephesians says, you know, the church is built on the, the foundation of apostles and prophets. Yeah. If there is a key partnership key gifting, amongst yeah. The, yeah. the fivefold ministry, it would yeah. be apostle and prophet. Mm. And it's no, it's no surprise in many ways that actually sometimes the most difficult relationships to work out are actually apostle and prophet. You know, because it's open to so much controversy. The enemy is deeply invested in breaking up the apostolic and, the, pro- and yeah. the prophetic. You know what I mean? And we've seen that. We've seen that many times. And mm. I think, I think, I think, for the prophetic to to come in with that apostolic, that that partnership, that marriage between apostolic and prophetic, I think, is one of the most powerful kind of teams that that yeah. God really is intent yeah. on on exploding. You know, on you know, it would be a phenomenal to see more of that. You know. Yeah on the scenes across the nations, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think on a very practical level, you know, one of the things that, um, that I feel like God has rammed home to me personally over the last you know, five, 10 years is this section out of, of First Thessalonians, you know, where it says, do not put out the Spirit's fire, mm. right? Mm. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. It's like, take them seriously, like yeah. weigh them, you know, don't just cast them aside, you know what I mean? But then the next section, I think, maybe the pivotal piece, it says test everything. Yeah, test really. everything. You can't Very just good. say, my name's Jimmy, I'll take <clears throat> what you give me. You know? The Bible yeah. makes it clear where it says, like, not every spirit is from God. Yeah. Test everything. And then Absolutely. it says this, hold on to the good. Yeah. Avoid every kind of evil. The, the mm. word evil is interesting because there's always a deceptive element to evil. Yeah. It's not just plainly obvious that something's wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, usually it can look good. In fact, sometimes I think the, the best description for evil is it's sin dressed up to look good. Yeah. You know? And so it's avoid the evil, avoid the subtle traps of the enemy. And then it says this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. There is a, a holiness piece to it, right? Mm. A call to holiness, a call mm. to set yourself apart for God. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus. And then it says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will yeah, do it. Brilliant. And it's like, God is the one that'll work that sanctification. God is the one that'll, that'll you know, enable us. He's given us the tools we need. You know, in fact, First yeah. John 2 says, he, we have an anointing yeah. and we know the truth. We, we can discern, you know, the word truth is reality. We can discern the spiritual reality, you know. Yeah. There's this witness of the Spirit within us. You know, yep. Every single believer that's bowed their knee to the name of Jesus mm. has that witness of the Holy Spirit mm. that allows them 
to, in a sense, to discern that gift yeah. of discerning. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, you know, as we're talking about the practicalities of it, yes, there is this this the stirring up. You know, First Corinthians fourteen, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Yeah. Um, and so there's an individual stirring up for every believer. Stir it, stir it up, fan into flame the gift that is within. You know, stir up that prophetic gift. Yeah. And then, you know, in terms of its execution, bring it to the table, you know, yeah. bring it to the team. You know what I mean? Work it out in team. You know, yeah. we're not looking for some individualistic prophetic voice. You know, that, that old model of the prophet out in his cave, you know, with his long yeah. hair and whatever. You know, it's not that. It's this New Testament model of like... Why are you looking at my, why are you looking at my beard when you say that? <laughs> it's this New Testament model of working it out in team, you know, yeah. working it out in the context of an eldership Absolutely. team. You know, Absolutely. Plurality of elders. It's yeah. not one face, one voice. Yeah. It's working it out in the context of yeah. team. Um, and so, so if there was something in a nutshell for me, it would be like fan into flame the gift. Yeah. It's, it's more critical now than ever. But let's do it in a way that actually honors team, that yeah. honors, uh, honors the, the structures in a sense, the governmental yeah. structures that God has put in place. We, we're going we're gonna to land with that, I think, Andrew. I'm going to ask you to pray for us in, in just a minute. But um, I think in, in some of your earlier comments, you, you mentioned the word a couple of times, you know. And um, I've always loved that text in the book of Acts where it says the Bereans were more blessed because they went home every day to check the scriptures to see if what Paul had said was true. And I, I love that. I love that thrust back towards the Word of God and back into the Word of God. And if we had to take that, that text quite literally, you know, the Bereans were more blessed. More, you know. There's, a, there's, a, there's another element that comes when we constantly push back towards the Word of God. Totally. You know what I mean? There's more blessed. Because they went home every day to check the scriptures to see if what Paul had said was true, and um, and the thing that I the thing that I that I love about that is that in in some ways whether that's a sermon on a Sunday morning or the conversation we've had here that should simply provide the the framework. I don't, I don't have better language for it, but it should provide the framework for a homework assignment, because you should go home every week. And open your Bible to see if what's coming from the pulpit or a conversation like this lines up with the Word of God. Totally. That's your assignment. And if you can do that, you'll be more blessed. And I'm convinced if we can do that, we grow more and more in these things. Yeah. That's how we grow in our gifting. That's how we that's how we stir these things. It's back to the Word and back to the Word and yeah. back to the Word. And to be honest, the same applies from a prophetic perspective. Yeah. You have a dream. You have a vision. It yeah. is a calling card to dive back into the Word Brilliant. and to see, okay, God, what does the Word yeah. say about what I'm seeing, yeah. what I'm hearing? Yeah. You know? What does is, what is the Word say in terms of even the language being used? What does the Word say in terms of how to work yes. this Word out? No, exactly. I mean? And I think what, what so often happens is we get into trouble when, when we take the Word or the, we take the dream, we take the prophecy, we take whatever it is and we say, okay, I know now how I'm going to do it. And we don't hear God on, on just yeah. the execution of it. Yeah. And to be honest, the word many times is the critical factor in terms Absolutely. of the rails on execution. Absolutely. 100%. God's will, God's way, you know, God's kingdom, yeah. His righteousness, you know, yeah. both, both the how, the what, and the how. Exactly. You know? yeah. And the word is what gives us the substance yeah. of it. Brilliant, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Can you pray for us? Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> 
Lord, we are hungry, mm. Lord, yes, in this are. season. It seems like, Lord, when when uh, when things are shaking, Lord, we we come running back to you. Yes, God. And and Lord, we mm. we are hungry, Lord, to hear that clarion call, Lord, that mm. that clear call that readies your people, Lord mm. God, for battle. Mm. Yes, God. Um, thank you that you are always speaking to us. Mm. In fact, Psalm 139 says you are always thinking about us, Lord. Yes, Lord. If we were to number your thoughts, they would be mm. more than the grains of the sand on the seashore. I pray, Lord, yes, that Lord. we would have soft hearts, Lord, today. Yes, we Lord. hear his voice, not to harden our hearts. Yes, Lord. But, Lord, our ears would be open to hear mm. your thoughts, Lord, mm. your words, Lord, the things that you are stirring, the things mm. that you are speaking to us in this season. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't hold on to things that would prevent us from hearing what yeah, you say. Yeah, very good. I pray, Lord, that we would have open hands, that we'd be yes, ready hands. to let go of the things mm. that you're mm. calling us to let go mm. and ready to take hold of the things that you're calling us to take yes. hold of, Lord. Yes. We, we open our hearts, Lord, as, as Redemption City, Lord, as, mm. as, as this people. Lord, we open our hearts to you, Lord, and we say, Lord, come and speak. Come and uh, have your way in our midst, Lord. Yes, our Lord. heart, Lord, as, yes, as Lord. Terry mentioned earlier, Lord, our hearts is to walk in obedience to you. Yes, you God. are our captain. Yes, God. Uh, you are our Lord. You yes, are Lord. our commander. Yes, Jesus. And Lord, we, we, we want to be, Lord, a people of radical obedience, Lord. Yeah. Come and speak. Come and have your way. Mm. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Well done, Amen. Andrew. Thank you so much, yeah. man. The end, uh, well, the, the recorded version of a 30-year conversation <laughs> around some of these things. But uh, I think the thing that is, that is absolutely valid to me is it's not just a 30-year relationship because, I mean, I guess 30 years ago we met, then you started bringing teams down. But in reality, tw a 20-year partnership, you know yeah. what I mean, where we really have worked together and try to work these things out together, you know, and I think that uh, that's been incredibly valuable to me, buddy. So yeah. thank you so much. I, there obviously is going to be a part two, three, and to be honest, even as we're working through this, maybe four, five, and six, but... <laughs> <laughs> So I can stand it. <laughs> yeah. God bless you, Redemption City. Yeah, we, love uh, we love you guys, man. Trust this uh, finds you well. Trust this was helpful. Please feel free to, to text us or call us if you've got any questions or anything you'd even like us to cover if, if, uh, as we, as we uh, lean into what sounds like could be a little bit of a mini-series for us. But God bless you. Remember those two emails, RCC Cares, if you have any physical need, or pray at redemptioncitychurch.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you and uh, see you soon.